Welcome everybody to the third edition of Ground Control. And thanks very much for your feedback on the first two. Uh, we do appreciate uh, the hints and suggestions uh, for information that you'd like to uh, have as we continue on through this Black Swan event. Today we're very lucky to actually have Emmanuel Caligaris, who is the chair of our investment committee. Emmanuel uh, has been looking after many of your funds uh, over the last uh, five or six years and uh, as part of that uh, committee has done an excellent job in taking us to where we are today. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the markets and uh, what we see is uh, happening uh, at the moment and where we think things are actually heading. Nobody has a crystal ball but we're trying to use every tool that we have to make sure that we've got the best possible handle on it. Emmanuel, welcome today. Thank you very much for your time. Can you give us a bit of an update uh, on where you think the markets are today and uh, what we're actually seeing? Sure, Graeme. Um, and uh, hi, everybody. Um, it, look, it's been real tough. And uh, if I, you know, if I had to um, really sit down and say I know where exactly where things are going, I'd be lying to you. Um, but as a, a, an investment committee and as a, a practitioner, we're trying to make sure that we've got a handle on what we're doing. The last thing we need to do is fall into the um, behavioural problems that most investors fall into. They get bearish right at the bottom and try and, and just make sense of what's going on and whether you know, market moves and valuations uh, appear so that we can take advantage of those valuations. Now, as you know, um, I sat down and, and tried to work out exactly uh, how the the, the coronavirus outbreak was likely to play itself out and um, I put together a curve uh, just to try and, and, and you know, look at what government policy was doing, um, where they wanted to get to because as we know, it, and as you correctly said on your first ground control video, which was um, this is a, a medical issue and a, a, not a financial one, um, and so uh, we don't want to put so much pressure on the health system such that it's overburdened. Um, so it's easier to bring an economy back to life. We know uh, that no one else come other than one person can come back to life. <laughs> um, and, so, uh, and so I think you know, the, the path that the government took was probably the right path and now the question is, well, how do we sort ourselves out? So let's, let's effectively kill the economy um, uh, because you know, uh, with time we can bring it back to life again. So what does that mean for us as investors? Well, the first thing we've got to work out is what's the duration of this thing? And so my curve um, tried to sort of ascertain, well, it was about the third week of March that we went into lockdown. Um, we know that um, from what the experts are telling us that you know the, the virus takes maximum impact over the next three weeks. So that puts us to about now um, and, uh, and then give it a little bit of extra time just for error purposes, takes us to about the end of uh, April at the earliest. Um, so there's, there's a six week period where we begin to see whether all the efforts that the government's put in place um, have worked and the curve has indeed been flatter. Now, just as at yesterday, um, Monday, we, we're all watching the news to try and work out what the incidence of the outbreaks are, um, you know, what the, what the tolls are. Um, we saw the curve begin, or at least the first inside of the curve begin to flatten. So as far as the trajectory I can see um, that I've 
put up on the chart, um, somewhere around the end of the month looks about right. Um, and as the news is feeding through that the curve's flattening, the markets are welcoming the good news. And guess what? Yesterday we were up about 5%. Um, the US market jumped almost 8% in a night. Um, obviously, you know, with Donald Trump saying that the um, uh, that the uh, worst is likely to be in the next couple of days and then see how we get over it. So that's all well and good. Fantastic. So, and the good news is, is that we've been saying, you know, anywhere below 5,000, the market represented outstanding value. Um, not for all stocks, but, you know, as a market, it looked, it looked overdone. It's got sold off so heavily in such a short period of time. The next question says, where do we go from here and what should we be doing? Because if we rebalance the portfolios at the wrong time, um, then, as I said, we're, we're not doing the right job for our, our investors. So this is all part of the investment committee trying to make sure that it's got a grip on rebalancing techniques, whether, you know, obviously being a black swan event, if you forecasted this, you know, good luck to you, but um, I can say that we didn't, um, it came over the top of us. We knew that markets were expensive back in January and February, we were saying that as mentioned in previous uh, uh, discussions, um, but, uh, but we never, I never saw this coming uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So now the question says, do we rebalance? Well, as it turns out, uh, we had a, an interim investment committee meeting uh, only last week, uh, and we took the decision it was time to get back into uh, Australian shares, which had fallen the most. International shares were, were um, benefited because they were in US dollars and the Aussie dollar um, had fallen, so we, US shares and international shares hadn't fallen by as much. Um, but the largest gap in the portfolios was uh, Australian shares. So I think the balance fund got to an underweight of about 4%. So now the question became for us, hence why we, we're trying to grapple with the curve, um, when do you rebalance? As it turned out, uh, last uh, week was when we rebalanced um, the, the portfolios uh, and you know I'm happy to say that we're a little bit higher than where we are at the, uh, at the last rebalance date. Now, looking at the future, because now this is the this is the big question mark: is um, where do we go to from here, and what, are the, what does the curve look like in the future? Now, you can see that every um, uh, increase that we may get from here, and we may get some more increases as as we try and uh, restart the economy. Hopefully, herd immunity sees the curve each each spike getting lower than the previous spike. And if that occurs over time, and hopefully we find an antiviral for it, um, it dissipates and, uh, and we should be right. The experts are telling us anywhere between 12 and 18 months. I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but you know, let's just take that as being the right thing. So yeah. by halfway through next year, um, you know, we should be you know, not completely over it, but well and truly, um, you know, markets will be focusing on company earnings, which is what they really should be doing, and not on medical issues. Um, my biggest fear, though, is that we contained it, we flattened the curve in the first instance to the end of April uh, in 2020, and then uh, we relax a little bit too much, and the spread then starts to peak again. And it gets back to where the previous peak was. Now, again, I don't know whether it's going to happen, but that's my concern. And so from that perspective, um, you know, the jury's out. I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, but uh, but it's sort of the 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 the, um, uh, the other black swan, if you want to call it that, uh, for the future. 
we'll see how that that plays out, and um, and then from that perspective, make changes to the portfolios accordingly. Um, Good. Look, can I just ask you about um, again flattening the curve? Um, there's the potential for it to peak again to the same high that it was at. Um, there's, but also, as you were saying, there's this potential for it to to continue to reduce as more and more people get exposed to the virus and therefore you get some sort of herd immunity that goes with us with that uh, and um, that's the case from from your perspective and no one wants to play 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 god how, how would you if you were running the country at the moment how would you deal with this the potential those two potentials so uh, i think the government's done the right job. I mean, it's really hard. As I said, no one comes back from the other side, um, whereas you can resurrect the economy. Uh, we're going to have a big debt burden to pay for it, but, you know, I think it, it, it was the right decision to make. Um, so now the question says, OK, does, is herd immunity um, going to happen? Uh, and is every peak going to get lower? I'm hoping to see that. Uh, but I, as I said, I just don't know. And my big fear factor is that whether we get to the previous peak that we saw, reoccurs and reoccurs and reoccurs. And now it could very well happen when we open the borders because whilst we've done our job in containing uh, the virus, um, the rest of the world may not have, have had such good success. And all it takes is for one person to come back to give it to two people, to give it to six and, and eight and then to 27 and we're back to where we started again. Um, so, uh, so, so again, as I say, it's, it's really hard to know. I don't pretend to play, uh, you know, to, to play God here, but, um, but it's something that we are watching. And as a committee, we need to watch so that if we do think that uh, there's going to be another shutdown, um, it's going to affect company earnings for longer, um, then we're going to have to sell into that accordingly. Yeah, Emmanuel. The, the always the big question uh, to me is around the linkage between uh, America and uh, and Australia. In, in a, um, we've often used the expression over many many years, and America sneezes and, and the world catches a cold. And Australia is one of those. As we've seen downturns in the past, we've seen America come out of those downturns much quicker um, than uh, other countries, including Australia in uh, in this situation. We seem to be managing it better than uh, America. Is there a possibility that we come out of it from a financial perspective quicker this time than America, um, allowing for the fact that America is a consumption-led economy? Mm. Um, I think this time around, uh, it's that's very possible and plausible that uh, that we do get out of this um, quicker um, and in better shape than, than what the US does. Um, but again, it depends on us being able to get exports out and it depends on us opening the borders too soon such that we bring the virus back home again and then we start the, the cycle over again. Uh, I don't know whether the US um, uh, is, is containing the spread. I mean, again, it comes down to testing. Um, and, uh, you know, unless, you, unless you're testing, you don't know what the real stats are. Uh, but this time round, um, it seems like, uh, like, you know, we're leading uh, from at least the market moves that I've been watching. We seem to be leading uh, the rest of the world in terms of, um, in terms of stock market moves and in terms of asset market moves, um, uh, you know, with uh, the US probably exaggerated a little bit too much on the downside, it's probably, you know, recovered a lot more than what we did yesterday. But, um, but as, as I can see it, I think 
will continue to lead provided that we make or we flatten the curve um, you know, better than what they do. Yeah, good. Uh, as we go through um, the markets, um, you know, just picking up and, and starting to stabilise a little bit, uh, is that because people are able to determine who are likely to be the winners and losers now, or what's, what do you think is causing yeah, that? So, so again, we're picking through the ashes here to try and understand exactly how this thing's going to play out. As you know, my curve is suggesting, I'm not sure when the next spike happens and the spike after that and the spike after that. Um, but if you keep the borders closed, the likes of Qantas, um, uh, uh, corporate travel management, Webjet, um, even Virgin Holdings, Flight Centre, uh, Flight Centre, yeah. they're, they're all going to continue to suffer because we're not. We might want to go on a holiday, we can't. So uh, if they're not making bookings and they're not flying and, and trying to make a profit, then their, their profits will suffer. So it's going to take a lot longer for those companies to recover. If China's back and up and running and it still needs our, our exports, whether it's coal, whether it's iron ore, um, and we're filling the ships up and sending them over, that's good news for us. So uh, the likes of Fortescue Metals, BHP, Rio Tinto are going to do okay. Um, and again, to the extent that the government has effectively underwritten um, corporate debt uh, such that uh, the banks are not going to suffer a huge blow, they're still providing liquidity to, to corporates, um, then, you know, uh, the banks should do okay as well. Um, and, you know, growing from a lot, for a long period of time, I haven't liked the banks. Uh, I think that they've been overvalued for a long period of time. Housing uh, looked very, very expensive. It did correct a couple of years ago when APRA put the um, clamps on them. Um, uh, the fact of the matter is now that, you know, we got to a point where uh, bank dividend yields grossed up were nearly 10%. Um, that looked a little bit too cheap. Okay, you can correct for a little bit of earnings downgrade, but I didn't think that the earnings downgrade was going to be as severe as the market said, and consequently I was saying that, you know, it might be time to step up to the plate. Um, so I'm happy to see that the market has recovered to somewhere around 5,300 as at about now. Um, and I think that we should probably settle, uh, likely to settle here somewhere for a little bit. Um, again, not all companies are created equal. There are going to be some good ones, some bad ones, as we see the news flow um, continue to emerge. Um, but generally speaking, again, looking at the index, um, I'm a little bit more optimistic on it. Even from here, I think that we could probably get back towards about the 6,000 level if all this plays out the way um, the, the way I'm, uh, I'm seeing it. OK, well, let's actually have... Um, I've got something here you might not have seen for a while. Um, <laughs> Do you know what that is? Oh, I think I can just remember. <laughs> um, I'm just interested in the fact that, um, you know, there are the places I've gone to shop, no one's taking cash. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think cash may be dead after this or... Uh, or the fact that um, people are going to still stuff, stuff it under well, look, mattresses? <laughs> Being a Greek, I only know about cash. <laughs> we like the stuff. But uh, there's been a heck of a lot more tapping, and I think that tapping is going gonna, is gonna to be the, uh, the way of the future for quite some time. So um, you better hold on to that. It might be a relic. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Look, thanks, Emmanuel, for your time today. It's been uh, really great. We really appreciate your efforts in... Uh, 
in uh, both looking after portfolios and uh, in looking at the investments that we have on our approved product list. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you and uh, having a chat as we see what actually happens uh, as we flatten the curve, uh, whether we hit another um, uh, spike or, uh, or things start to, uh, to settle down. It's been a pleasure, Graham. Great to talk to you. Thanks, thanks Emmanuel. And thanks, everybody. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the session today and uh, keep uh, coming with those questions. And we look forward to speaking to you in the near future on another version of Ground Control.